When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This content is brought to you by Uphold, which is a great platform that makes it easy and simple for you to buy, hold, and sell and earn crypto. You can trade from anything to anything. For example, you can trade between cryptocurrencies and precious metals. It's an amazing platform that I've been using for years. And in fact, I still use to this day because they're one, a great exchange, um, they're reputable, and they're one of the only exchanges that still lists XRP. Many of the other exchanges have delisted XRP due to the SEC lawsuit, but you can still get XRP on Uphold. So I have interviewed the CEO, the founder, and many other representatives from Uphold over the years, and I'm a fan of this platform. And once again, there's some great features like trading between different assets very easily. You don't have to convert to a currency and so forth. They're used by 10 plus million users. They have over 200 cryptocurrencies. And they have a very easy to use app. Uh, the interface is really nice. So I can certainly vouch for this platform. Once again, I've been a user for years. So if you'd like to learn more about Uphold, please visit the link in the description. Welcome back to the Thinking Crypto Podcast, your home for cryptocurrency news and interviews. With me today is Kaj Larson, who is a former Navy SEAL and co-founder of Guild Financial, as well as Russ Davis, who is a celebrity crypto consultant. Gentlemen, it's great to have you both on the show. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, I'm very excited to speak with you both about uh, Challenge Coin and the great work you're doing there. Uh, before we get into the details around Challenge Coin, let's start with your backgrounds. Maybe, uh, Kaj, you can kick us off and tell us a bit about yourself. How did you become a Navy SEAL and where you're from? Yeah, well, it's it's easier to start with me. I'm the knuckle dragger in the relationship. Russ is the 10,000 pound brain. <laughs> you know, I just, I just carry, you know, heavy shit, you know, break things occasionally. Um, but <laughs> no, uh, so uh, my background is that I'm originally from California, from Northern California, a sleepy little surfer town called Santa Cruz, um, known for big waves and even bigger sharks sometimes. Uh, and uh, I, I started off as, as a, as a young kid, I was always, I grew up surfing and scuba diving and just being a, a consummate waterman. I played water polo in college um, at the division one level. Uh, and then that led me to a natural transition to apply to the SEAL teams. Um, uh, my father was a Marine. My grandfather served in the Navy in World War II. Um, so we have kind of a legacy of service in our family and it was always important for me to serve as well. So, uh, after college, I, uh, I applied, uh, tried out for a billet for an officer candidate school billet for, 
um, for the basic underwater demolition seal training program, which is called BUDS. Um, I was in BUDS, first phase of BUDS on September 11th. Um, so it went from being very much a peacetime military uh, to a wartime SEAL. Uh, I spent the next decade or so uh, deployed in service of my country, uh, led a bunch of special operations around the world in the global war on terror. I uh, got off of active duty, went to graduate school at Harvard University, got my master's there, uh, and then actually came back into the SEAL teams after a small break in service uh, through the newly formed SEAL Reserve community. And a lot of people don't realize that there are SEAL reservists out there, uh, but I did, you know, uh, another several years as a SEAL reservist, uh, which meant that we, I jumped back and forth across the line from my civilian career, which was in media and television, to my military career, um, which was being a SEAL officer. And uh, so I did that for several more years. Um, and then that ultimately through a bunch of veteran service and philanthropy led me to uh, create my new company, my current company, which is uh, Guild Financial, an investing platform for the military community. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, thank you so much for your service. Um, and it sounds like your your family has a long history of service in, in, in the uh, Army and the Marines and so forth. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're, it's, it's an honor to serve. And what I always say is that, you know, I get to like jump out of airplanes, scuba dive, and shoot bad guys in the face. I should be thanking you for paying taxes, you know, to allow me to get paid for this job. But then again, this is a crypto podcast, so the paying taxes is a little dubious. Like, but <laughs> we'll, we will not be talking about taxes. <laughs> it should be beneficial, right? The taxes, but also you're defending our freedoms, so the, the ability to to have the constitution and to live in a, a free country. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Russ. Uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, I don't know how to uh, back that one up there, but uh, <laughs> I grew up in um, Orange, Connecticut. Um, my uh, my parents are still together. I'm the oldest of four siblings, two younger brothers and the younger sister. I went to Bucknell University. Also, uh, I was a walk-on for Division I uh, college basketball. So occasionally I have that in common with the Division I, the whole competitive uh, nature of both of us. Um, yeah, and then after college, I went out to Denver to run a marketing company. Uh, really missed the ocean, uh, so moved back to Connecticut, um, took a stab at some, uh, some random things. I was a trauma specialist for a year, um, so the medical field was 24-7 crazy, and that's when I realized I really just wanted to work for myself again, and um, ended up starting a credit card processing business, and then finding out about crypto really just changed everything, and um, then I met Cash uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And we just hit it off immediately. We met at, um, at this, I don't know, what was it? Cause like a dinner thing, like in Miami, like an event. I forget what it was. It was the, uh, it was like the culminating dinner of this high performance leadership. That's training. right. Yes. So I was speaking and sort of teaching wellness and leadership. Um, Russ was there also as a guest and, uh, we actually just sat next to each other and, you know, it was yeah. Miami too, right? It was Miami, which has kind of become kind of the epicenter of, of crypto yeah. in a lot of ways. So it just, yeah, it was fate. Yeah. Uh, thank Brian Mazza for that one. Um, yeah. He put on a great conference. I forgot that was the reason we were there. Yeah. I've been to Miami like a million times now because of this crypto being the epicenter of cryptocurrency in Miami. Uh, but yeah, no, Cash and I hit it off immediately. Um, the next day, I remember we, we went and we were talking about this coin. At that point, we had called it Guild Coin. We didn't know 
what we were going to do was a complete just half joke, half like, wow, this could be a real thing for cryptocurrency. And um, we were on this uh, this yacht at Miami. And still to this day, people post pictures of me and him on this yacht <laughs> talking about how uh, it's, it's, it's evolved from we were in Dubai, we were in Mexico, we're this and that. Uh, but it was actually it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, that's how crypto people do business. You know, it's on yachts. It's on it's on fun. You know, we, we're not we're not sitting in board meetings. And uh, so we were like, you know, this could be really cool, fun, lucrative for, for everybody. And the main focus was giving back to the military communities. So we talked about, you know, guilt financial and, you know, helping out uh, these military uh, personnel that come back from from war and don't really get compensated what they should be. And they don't have the benefits that other people have. And, um, you know, we wanted to fix that and use cryptocurrency to do so. And um, it's been very successful, a very fun ride. And it's really just the beginning, to be honest. Uh, that's amazing because I, I was thinking about it, you know, when, when I first came across the topic and it, the, the idea of challenge coin and a lot of the problems that we have with like getting support for veterans and military personnel. Sometimes it's due to politics, right? We can't get past the barrier yeah. of politics and certain bills and all that. You know, do you feel that crypto being having that decentralized nature is a way to bypass that friction, that roadblock to help decentralize the support for military folks? For sure. hundred uh, percent. And um, it treats everybody equally. Um, anybody can get into it. Um, I used to do stocks and I was always frustrated, really frustrated with the fact that I needed $25,000 my account, which I did not have um, in, in order to trade on a daily basis to day trade. Um, now, I'm not much of a day trader anymore, but having the ability to do so, if I know that a, a coin, a token or a stock is going to go you know, up or down with cryptocurrency, I can actually act on that. And with the stock market, the traditional stock market keeps the rich richer. Unfortunately, it's just very true because they're able to day trade it when they want. And most people are not. And so you've got this really low ceiling. And with crypto, everybody's equal. And um, even in since June 3rd, when we launched Challenge Coin, we have been able to donate tens of thousands of dollars. We still have a reserve of almost $100,000. And that's with Ethereum being so low at, you know, $1,200, $1,300 uh, token coin right now. And, um, you know, the the future is very bright for, for what we're uh, trying to achieve. For sure. Tell us a bit about the tokenomics, um, the specifics. What blockchain is it running on? What's the supply? How does it all work? Um, if you can tell us a bit about that. Okay. So we started off with uh, 400 billion tokens. Um, to somebody who's not involved with uh, cryptocurrency, that seems like a ton. It's actually not. Um, people talk about Shiba. I know we'll get to that, but that started off with um, a quadrillion tokens, and then they they burnt five hundred uh, trillion. I mean, that's we're only talking about four hundred billion. We've already burnt one uh, percent of the supply. We're going to be doing some bigger burns um, actually uh, very soon um, to minimize that supply even more. Um, and it's on the Ethereum blockchain. It's the most widely recognized. It's the easiest ones for beginners to just log on. You start off on a, the Ethereum blockchain. And um, if you are watching this, you don't understand what a blockchain is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to think about it like a radio station. There's the Ethereum blockchain. That's like a, that's uh, like 
uh, FM radio. And then you've got these other ones like Polygon and Matic, these other um, chains, BSC. These are other um, huge radio uh, you know, companies like FM and Sirius. And then the tokens are the stations within those um, within those uh, huge state, uh, you know, uh, block the blockchain is serious radio, and then you've got the stations being whatever token we want to create on that. But um, that's probably not the best way to describe it. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Ethereum blockchain is the easiest one to to use. So that's the one that we use. So tell us about how uh, folks who are listening, if they wanted to participate um, and maybe purchase a challenge coin. How, what exchanges, and then also how are the funds and how, how is it tracked as far as the transparency of, okay, these funds are going to this military folks and things like that? So um, you can go to www.thechallengecoin.io. It says get challenge coin or buy challenge coin right there as a button. It'll scroll down and it will connect to whatever uh, cryptocurrency wallet you have on that device. So you can use your uh, Coinbase wallet, um, MetaMask. Uh, those are the two. I, I won't go any further than that. Those are the, the two easiest ones to do. And it'll connect your wallet. So your wallet's talking with, with our website. You say you want to buy something. You have to buy it with Ethereum. So uh, once you have Ethereum in your wallet, you are basically just converting it into Challenge Coin. You're saying, I'll give you Ethereum. We're going to give you back Challenge Coin. And... Um, Yes, it's pretty much that simple. And then um, as the value of the coin uh, goes up, goes up. are you donating some of those respective coins yep. to the military folks? Yes. So 4% of every transaction, whether it's a buy or a sell, um, goes to military charities. So it goes into an online wallet, which you can actually track if you go to etherscan.io. Sure. And it shows a what's called a deployer wallet. Um, it'll show um, all the challenge coin little uh, wallets where uh, disbursements go into. So 4% goes into the military charity wallet, and that's labeled online. 2% goes to current holders. So if you have challenge coin, at the end of the day, 2% of every transaction um, gets redistributed in little, every, every wallet that you have, we'll call it like a bucket, it gets redistributed all the buckets. So you might go to sleep with, let's say, 1,000 coins. But you wake up with a thousand and three, you know. But uh, instead of giving you back challenge point, we give you Ethereum. So, um, so you will actually just gain more, uh, like a daily dividend, um, just the longer you hold, and uh, the more you have, the more percentage you get. Um, so it rewards your holders and rewards all military every day. And Kaj, maybe you can talk to this. You know. Crypto is still a new concept to a lot of people, right? It's like mass education is still taking place. So how are these folks at the charities or whatever organizations, you know, how are they receiving this? Are they like, well, what is this? And did it take some time to educate them? You know, I don't know. Both, yeah. Maybe both. yeah, no, look, it, it, it's a great question because in, in some sense, like the entire crypto space is just starting to like tip into mainstream. Um, but, you know, let's not forget there's this historical precedent. The Navy actually invented 
crypto, right? They used it as a as a coding device, right? An encryption device. Um, and we actually in the Navy have a rating that's called a CT, a cryptological technician, right? That used to be a job in the Navy was to manage crypto. Um, so essentially, you know, when I think about crypto in my, you know, Neanderthal way, um, <laughs> it's just a uh, technology uh, that can be that can be used, right? A, a, a distributive technology that can be used. So, um, luckily enough, in the Navy, we're actually kind of familiar with this concept, or in the military writ large, because people are used to um, encrypted communications, right? And the actual principles of technology are the same. Um, and you know, th that's how Russ and I started this this whole idea, right? To be clear, like this is that's exactly we just started riffing about like what this whole new emerging space was. And, uh, you know, like, I don't get to take credit for too many things, but like, you know, together we have this idea, like, why hasn't anybody done a coin that was dedicated to the military? And, you know, to Russ's credit, he took it and he ran with it. Um, and he, he, he built an extraordinary team, uh, to go along with it. Uh, I help Russ now manage the, the, the philanthropic part, the, the charitable contributions, uh, part. And, um, like you said, I will say that some of the nonprofits are more sophisticated than you think. They're used to accepting these donations, um, but many have to, like there's an educational process. And some of yeah. them, there are some like third-party organizations that accept crypto on behalf of nonprofits. So that's one mechanism that they do it. They also take a percentage of that, right? Like any middleman, like takes a piece of the transaction. So it really depends on the, the individual nonprofit. Um, you know, I'll tell a quick C story here is that I helped create a nonprofit organization called uh, Team Rubicon. And somewhere around like circa 2013, I think, maybe 2012, maybe even a little earlier, a guy wanted to donate $70,000 in Bitcoin to us. And uh, like we had never heard of Bitcoin or we didn't really know or trust. And we're like, we're a nonprofit. I don't know what to do with this Bitcoin. I can't give it to veterans. I can't buy any aid. So we immediately cashed it out. Right. Uh, can you imagine the the value of, of $70,000 of Bitcoin from 2012? Right. Wow. <laughs> Would have changed the face of that nonprofit. So I tell that story to, to the nonprofits that, you know, that Challenge Coin and, and other organizations are receiving these crypto donations like hey this is this is real and uh it's time to be sophisticated and smart about accepting these kind of donations for sure and it, I, I think it's amazing um the, the movement of crypto because what you guys are doing um we're going to see more of that where different communities different groups can all have their own coins and that's like the token economy we're headed to and uh the decentralized nature of it being able to crowdfund um in a more transparent and trusted way because it's on the blockchain versus like, Hey, send me your money, but we don't know where that money went. But now there's like that track record, that digital record online. Yeah. yeah and I actually, I want to piggyback off of what uh cash was, was saying there with um, just understanding cryptocurrency. Um, depending on who I'm talking to, I usually call it crypto. Um, Cause it's not all currency. People get confused. Oh, well, Dogecoin, uh, you know, you're never going to go to the grocery store and have Dogecoin and pay with Dogecoin. Drives me crazy. People have to stop thinking about all of cryptocurrency as currency. Just drop the currency aspect. It's crypto. Okay. And, you know, um, when I met with uh, Kevin O'Leary down at the Bitcoin conference, uh, he 
was the first person I'd ever met that looked at it like I did. He said, think about it as a software. Stop thinking about it as a currency. I'm like, you are literally taking words out of like what I speak about right now uh, because that's exactly true. Um, you know, Bitcoin, it's a currency. Ethereum's a currency. At this point, you can pretty much pay with anything in the world with those. Um, ChallengeCoin is not trying to replace the US dollar. It is a, it's a store of value. It has charitable attributes. It's completely different than a US dollar. It's not trying to be. Um, and, and if people really uh, start educating themselves from square one and stop thinking about it as something that's trying to replace a, a, a currency, it'll make it a lot easier on everybody else. And once we get education done, then we can focus on adoption, but it's just way too early. Even though crypto has been around for 10 years, you know, most people still don't even know what it is. They avoid it. Um, uh, they don't even realize that every single store actually accepts cryptocurrency, whether they realize it or not, because everyone accepts Apple Pay. On Apple Pay, you can convert all of your crypto within one second into US dollars and then tap your card. And you've now paid with cryptocurrency. Um, and that I've been doing for eight years uh, since my background is in credit card processing. I've been telling people for eight years, you actually can use cryptocurrency anywhere, but just don't think about it like currency. Think about it like, you know, as uh, you know, getting more dividends than your bank account with challenge coin, you will accrue much more money if you keep your challenge coin than if you keep it in a traditional banking system making 0.3% profit per, uh, you know, dividends per year. Your interest rate on $100,000 is 300 bucks a year. That's not keeping up with inflation or anything. Uh, so crypto, it, it, to me, is a much smarter investment. <clears throat> For sure. Um, and you guys recently made a donation to the Special Operations Warrior Transition Fund. You can tell us about that. Yeah, sure. So um, one of the principles um, that, you know, as I've been sort of ad advising the, the Challenge Coin team on the philanthropic side, one of the principles is that we only wanted to work with military charities and organizations that we were super familiar with, i.e. ones that we had worked with in the past. Um, you know, the nonprofit space is filled with a lot of good and, but also a lot of like all motion, no distance, right? So we wanted yeah. to make sure that the organizations that we were giving to like really did the, the thing that they said they were doing and they did it effectively and well, that they were good stewards of donor money. Uh, there's lots of ways to vet that, but we started off um, giving and the what you mentioned, the Special Operations Warrior Transition Fund is just one of several military nonprofits. We've also made donations to uh, Force Blue, which is a team that repurposes combat diver skills for ocean conservation, um, and uh, the Guild Foundation, which does financial literacy education for the military community. So variety of military nonprofits, all ones that we had worked with in the past so that we knew they were doing good work. Um, the Special Operations Transition Fund uh, Special Operations Warrior Transition Fund is actually one of the uh, developers, uh, one of the partners in Challenge Coin. Guy named little guy named Rob O'Neill, who some people have heard of. Uh, he uh, he shot this other guy named Bin Laden that some people have heard of. Um, so uh, Rob sits on the board of that organization. He had worked with them in the past. Uh, he knew the kind of excellent work they were doing to help guys like me when they transition out of the military find gainful like employment and sense of purpose in the civilian world. So for a, a dude like me, like one of the problems is, you know, there's not uh, a huge market for underwater demolition in the civilian world, right? There's not, there's not a lot of job opportunities on Craigslist 
for underwater <laughs> demolition, right? So like guys, they have all these these like really esoteric military skills, but they don't necessarily know how to translate some of the softer skills like like leadership into the civilian workplace. Uh, that's just one of the things that the transition fund uh, helps do. It helps, you know, the military does a really good job of training us to be the most most lethal killers on the planet. It does a less good job of helping us when we have to reacclimate back into the civilian world. These nonprofits um, fill the gap, and that's the kind of uh, those are the kind of organizations that Challenge Coin has been donating to. That's great. Uh, that's great stuff. So. On a note, you know, of the military and the government at large, uh, any plans to maybe pitch them to back Challenge Coin or adopt Challenge Coin in a certain way, where it becomes a larger or part of their ecosystem, and um, you know, it's not heavily dependent on them, but they're backing it in certain ways. Because going back to you know some thoughts I shared earlier, where sometimes politics gets in the way of helping veterans and military personnel. I mean, Russ probably has some thoughts, but, you know, what I'll say is generally the military keeps kind of a church and state separation with the private sector in terms of in terms of things like that. They don't like to pick winners and losers in that way. Um, and, and that's good. I think we have a place outside of what the service does to to help the military members. You know, uh, the common through line there is commitment to mission and dedication to the people who have who have served the country. Um, so yeah, I, I, for me, like, I don't see any, uh, you know, grand plans to have, you know, a formal military tie-in in the future. There's not really a mechanism for that, but I think we're, uh, we're doing good work on the outside. Um, well, it would be great if the SEC would follow the military and, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Russ may know what I'm talking about, <laughs> the yeah. challenges that we are facing, uh, sure. as an industry. Um, <laughs> oh, but the one thing I will say is like, yeah, look, there's there's all these political issues, but by and large, the military is an institution that enjoys probably the last institution in America that enjoys broad bipartisan support. Um, so I think I think any you know foundation initiative like Challenge Coin, company like mine, Guild, um, has the advantage that we can kind of sometimes ride above the fray. Right. Because people on both sides of the aisle do really care about our military members. For sure. Um, so you guys are doing a lot. Of great stuff. Um, anything on the roadmap, you know, anything new that may be coming up for the remainder of 2022 into 2023? Yeah, um, it's one of the most frequent questions that we get. Um, we have a lot of things in place, but we really are just waiting for the market to bounce back. Um, people are just either, you know, habitual holders um, that are waiting for it to bounce back until until that happens. They're not going to release any of their their funds. Nobody like me or you. You we don't we don't want to sell our Ethereum at twelve hundred bucks. We yeah. don't want to sell our Bitcoin at nineteen thousand dollars. So um, until that happens, and we can you know maybe um, take some more of our funds and and uh, you know everybody can invest more money into some of these projects. We're not going to be releasing things, but I can tell you that. Uh, I've said on some of the other podcasts, um, we've got uh, some uh, first responders and uh, police coins that are going to be coming out under the umbrella of Challenge Coin, and those will be starting off as um, as rewards, uh, reflections for staking uh, Challenge Coin. You'll be rewarded with these certain uh, ecosystem Great. coins, and um, we're excited about that. They are. It's we're all ready to go. <laughs> we could probably launch, uh, you know, within the week. But uh, we want to just wait for the market to bounce back. 
Uh, we'll have um, a, a pre-sale. Uh, we'll, we're going to reward current holders of Challenge Coin. We've got a lot of cool stuff going on, and um, it's just a it's just a waiting game. Um, patience is not something that uh, people in crypto understand, <laughs> so it's tough to uh, to, to say. Um, but uh, yeah, we're not going to set a date on it. That's uh, that's a curse of death in crypto. Is setting a date because yep. the moment that you don't hit that date. Everyone thinks there's something wrong. It's corrupt. Everyone's right. a scam. Uh, so no, we've got awesome roadmap ahead with some uh, some ecosystem coins, and um, we're we're trying to just uh, learn more about uh, certain laws that are coming out with SEC, with what a security is, with this and that, and um, you know they're they're so discombobulated with everything, it's impossible. Uh, so we're we're trying to tread lightly, but also push forward. Uh, we're, we're not going to let them slow us down. Uh, right now, it's just the market is is just uh, it's not good. So we're just waiting for that. For sure. Um, and I love that you're going to be adding staking because uh, that'll be a great way for folks to earn passive income. That's really great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Russ, I, I want to ask you a few questions about uh, you know your background with Shiba Inu and <laughs> and maybe yeah. some of the clients you work with with your crypto consulting uh, service. Yeah. Um, wow, what a whirlwind that's been. Um, definitely put me on the map. <laughs> um, no, I, I had been in crypto since uh, like 2015, but um, you know, when my my other uh, career was kind of running itself, I had a lot more free time and started doing like analytical research and charts and this and that, and getting into these like deep dives into like these WhatsApp groups and Reddit. And it started clicking on uh, numbers are my thing. So very easy for me to understand like, you know, how some of these uh, very small micro coins work when it's like point ten zeros and this and that. And um, when I stumbled upon Shiba, it was, to me, it was a diamond in the rough. I'm looking at it like, what is like, what am I missing? So I sent it out to um, a lot of my friends around the world who do not know each other. So there's no way to collude or, you know, and they were like, yeah, well, I don't know what this, this token is, but this is, if what they're saying is true, this is severely undervalued. And I said, I completely agree. So I bought a shit ton of it. And um, you know, I went, went with, my, uh, with my WhatsApp group and those guys, everybody bought some. And, and I just started just doing some grassroots marketing and putting it out there. I put a post on my Facebook. I said, you know, this, there, I'm telling you, there's something about this Shiba uh, token that is really going to be revolutionary for a quote unquote meme coin. And the, the next thing you know, uh, you know, we were dropping zeros every every week. $100 is worth $100,000. Um, at the height of it, the $100 investment, um, when I talked about it on February 21st of 2021, um, $100 investment then was at one point worth over $1.5 million. Wow. So people started listening to what I had to say. <laughs> and uh, so, um, yeah, and actually we became uh, Ryoshi. Um, I believe it was Ryoshi who reached out to, to me and uh, my friend Brad. Uh, we're the ones who started the official uh, Shiba token Facebook page. Um, Ryoshi uh, reached out to us. We were telling him what we were doing. And um, he made us like basically official marketing devs for for Shiba. So we run the official um, Facebook page, the official Twitter, like all of that kind of stuff. And um, we were very integral in uh, basically spreading the word about it. And um, yeah, like I said, put me on the map. That's why I started the Industry Trust brand so I could talk about other projects. Um, and 
Yeah, um, Sheba is definitely the reason I'm here today. So <laughs> I still have a lot of it. It's uh, my, my retirement may or may not be based on how well <laughs> Sheba does. I don't know. <laughs> um, and you worked with some celebrities as well. Can you can you name yeah. drop a bit? <laughs> I can name drop a couple of them. Um, some of them just don't don't want you really talking about it. Yeah. But um, you know, everybody knows I've worked with Antonio Brown. He's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's actually a great guy. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, back and forth with, with the press. So I won't really say any more about that. <laughs> um, and, uh, let's see, uh, Lee Sampson at Malibu, like, uh, I mean, he's, I don't know if he's a billionaire, but he's somewhere close to that. Uh, he's a really awesome guy as well. Um, a lot of the MMA fighters, UFC, um, Nick Newell, um, let's see, a fighter here. Uh, yeah, a, a few of the other ones, like I said, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say some of the names, so I just won't really go there but yeah <laughs> awesome um kaj i, I want to ask you a bit about maybe getting a bit more serious in the conversation about you know your thoughts on the russia ukraine situation are you doing anything there and uh just overall the change in the battlefield things becoming more cyber you know and uh drone driven yeah you know, yeah it, it, it's amazing and like crypto comes back into play once again right it is is in some ways, so for people who don't know, I spent a couple months over there, boots on the ground, um, helping with the uh, Ukrainian effort. And, you know, one of the, the takeaways is in the sort of paradox of war, it's both like old school and new school there. In some ways, it's like an old school World War One trunch warfare with people like shooting artillery back and forth. But uh, people are communicating via Starlink satellites that were donated by SpaceX from Elon Musk, um, there the whole war is being fought on, you know, Signal and and in Telegram groups and WhatsApp, right? All encrypted technology um, and some of the payments, right, for speed and for for ease are being facilitated through Bitcoin, right? That includes on the both the donation side, but also on the military side. In fact, uh, there's literally like a place you can send. Bitcoin to support the the Ukrainian military, right? So, in despite all its like kind of you know old school, all quiet on the Western front, like looking artifice, there there is really a lot of technology being infused into that war. Um, in terms of prognosis, I mean, it it does affect everything. It's affecting the global economy. It's affecting the price of Ethereum, you know, over your shoulder there, right? Um, you know, the price of energy around the world, all of that stuff. Um, look, winter is coming. Um, Russia has won some pretty major wars in the past, right? Both against, you know, Napoleon, the greatest army in Europe and against, uh, and against the Russians in World War II, or sorry, against the Germans in World War II by waiting for winter and freezing out their adversaries. So uh, mm -hmm. winter is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for everyone energy prices. There's also some domestic politics that come into play, U.S. domestic politics that come into play. So uh, what I'll say is the Ukrainians have, have showed incredible heart and spirit, put up a hell of a fight. Um, and optimistically, in the best case scenario, I hope that potentially there would be some ceasefire here in, uh, in, in the winter, kind of through the in the beginning of the new year. I think that would be the best case scenario for, for anyone. For sure. Uh, challenging times, for sure. And hopefully, like you said, we, we can get through it uh, peacefully and some come to some resolution. Um, you you also do some filmmaking work. Can you tell us about that? 
yeah, well, you know, for I was in the military for a decade, then uh, and then I was in the transition to the media, traded my my gun for a camera and uh, started documenting some of the things that I had seen around the world. And uh, that was that was an amazing run. I had a, a, a series that I created and executive produced on Netflix uh, this past year called the, the Business of Drugs about narco trafficking around the world. So I'd spent all these, this time downrange uh, and I thought that, that there are some stories that the American public needed uh, and should hear. So I turned that into a filmmaking career and uh, it was it was a fun ride before uh, before pivoting once again into uh, I say first military then media now money yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I got some wrap up questions here for you guys um, they're fun ones and uh, Russ maybe you can go first and Kaj you'll go after uh, what's your favorite food <laughs> <laughs> uh, lobster seafood <laughs> Kaj what about you sushi hands down that I shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, favorite musician or band? Jeez. Oh, oh, man, I don't know. You know, <laughs> back in college, Dispatch. Uh, Dispatch is my favorite. And, uh, you know, I, I still like when those songs come on. So I'll say Dispatch. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I'll go with just a classic. Like, I still love, like, you know, a Beatles album from time to time, like a throwback. Uh, favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Easy. Good one. <laughs> Cool hand, Luke, even easier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, favorite book? Mm, if I read books, I don't know. <laughs> Gosh, why don't you go with that one? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh. Do I have Rob's book? I think I have Rob's book somewhere behind me <laughs> called The Operator. Uh, we'll, we'll do a, a shameless plug for Rob's book called oh, yeah. The Operator. <laughs> awesome. And finally, uh, when you guys are not working, what are you doing for fun as a hobby? I try. I try to get outdoors as much as I can. I, I'm a block from the uh, from the beach. Uh, I try to get on on water and just uh, you know relax and try not to have my phone uh, on me. Um, you know, I was in in the ocean a couple months ago and dropped my phone in the ocean, and it was the the best few days I've had in a long time. <laughs> just peaceful. So, yeah. And basically, you can find me underwater doing anything, you know, spearfishing, free diving, looking for Russ's phone, whatever. That's <laughs> what makes me happy. <laughs> Russ, Kaj, uh, great chatting with you both. I'm excited for the new updates and, uh, you know, that are going to roll out for Challenge Coin and remainder of the year and next year. But uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.